welcome back for another episode of our Pats from the Past podcast. Matt Smith and Brian Mori are pleased to welcome as our guest for this episode, former Patriots running back Tony Collins. Tony is joining us on the Pats from the Past podcast that is brought to you by Who But W.B. Mason, your one-stop shop for all of your business needs. Tony, thanks for joining us today. Not a problem, man. I'd love, love to do it. So I think first things that I think Patriot fans and a little primer, maybe for the younger bunch out there, and Brian and I unfortunately can't consider ourselves that because we watched you play. Um, but Tony's Patriots career was from 1981 to 1987, but we're now in 2020, Tony, and um, we're in very different times here in 2020. But if you would let the fans know what you're up to today. Well, right now I'm, re- I'm retired and having a great time with my grandkids. Uh, I-, I have a foundation that I do a golf tournament every year. Unfortunately, uh, with the coronavirus, we got canceled this year. But uh, one of the things that I do, I uh, help uh, uh, athletes and I also uh, help kids get off to college uh, in my little small town back in Pinyan. So with my foundation uh, and with my grandkids, I'm keeping real busy. <laughs> yeah, because for a while you, you were working with a company that does help with uh, high school athletes with recruiting, right? Right in NCSA, uh, a company out of Chicago. We're, okay. we're doing a lot of doing a lot of good work with those guys, and um, uh, no longer working with them right now. But still, just uh, just trying to help out as much as I can with with high school athletes, uh, giving giving them advice and stuff like that. You know. So Tony, you know, let's go back to the early '80s or late '70s. Even you're at East Carolina, okay, <laughs> East Carolina University. Uh, where you ran for 2,200 yards, uh, averaged six yards a carry, and the Patriots make you their second-round pick, 47th overall in the 1981 NFL draft. They also drafted one of your high school teammates that year. Yeah, uh, yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, but so tell me what, what your first thought was about being selected by the Patriots and what you knew about New England at that time. Oh, wow. Well, actually, you know, coming out, um, you know, like, Going to the combines and everything, uh, uh, a lot of uh, the scouts were telling me and uh, my agent was telling me I was going to probably get drafted in the fourth or the fifth round. So, you know, that was good. It doesn't matter to me. I just wanted to get drafted. Didn't really care who, who I went to with, with either. either. So um, and when New England picked me, um, it was it was great, man. It was fantastic. I really didn't know too much about New England. I didn't really know. Uh, uh, I knew they were in Boston somewhere. <laughs> uh but I didn't know exactly what what town the the, the stadium was at, um, and I uh, they flew me in and put me up in the the the, the I think it was the the Red Fox Inn or something like that on or the one. end zone still exists <laughs> still exists yeah 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 it does it still exists it put me up in the in that hotel and uh, uh, I met up with Brian Holloway he got drafted number one uh, with the Patriots that year and I got drafted number two and. And became friends with him, and we're still friends today. But it was a great time, man. You know, to not not expect you to be in, to be drafted in the second round, uh, but uh, it, it was great when I got here. You know, Horace Ivory was here, and, and Vegas Ferguson, yeah. Ferguson was here, and mostly Tupu, a uh, real great great friend of mine, was was there as well. And uh, it was a great time. And Sam was still here, right? Sam Cunningham. Sam Cunningham was here, still there too. I, I got to. Play, got the opportunity to play with Sam Bam Cunningham. That for sure did. So, so Tony, Tony um, at the time, that's Ron Earnhardt was your first coach in the NFL, correct? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ron Earnhardt was our head coach, and we we went two and fourteen my rookie season. Yeah. 
Yeah. How difficult? How difficult was that, Tony? It, it was tough, man. It, it really was. You know, coming from a winning program at East Carolina and and used to winning. You know, you you win in high school, and, and I was winning in college. And you know, you get to the pros where you where where that's where you want to be at any any anyway. And uh, you know, to go two and fourteen and and. and when you go back, and I remember some of the games, we were in a lot of the games that yeah. year. We, Your largest we, loss yeah. was 14. Yeah, we never got blown out. We were in a lot of games, but it, it, it was always something that would come up at the end. And then we got we got into a little stink where we, we were figuring out, you know, how we were going to lose. And we just kept losing and kept losing and kept losing. Uh, it was a tough year, man. It really was a tough year. And I think for Patriot fans, you know, Brian, as the director of the Hall of Fame here, you look at some of the people that were on that team. Um, Tony, you mentioned Brian Holloway, okay? Mm-hmm. John Hanna's on that team. Steve okay? Nelson. Steve Nelson's on that team. Um, yep. Steve Grogan is on that team. Sam Steve, Cunningham. Sam Cunningham. Sam, Stanley, 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 Stanley Morgan. Morgan. I mean, <laughs> you look around as you're a rookie in the NFL, you're seeing guys and going, we've got yeah. some, and I'm not trying to put this on the coaching staff by any stretch of the imagination, but you look around, you had some pieces back then, didn't you? Yeah, we had we had a lot of talent, man. We had we had talent at the receiver spot. We 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 had Russ Francis at, at tight end. Uh, I mean, we we had a we had defensive places. Julius Adams at defensive end. Steve Nelson. We, we had Rick Sanford. We had uh, Mike Haynes. <laughs> and and we're coming off a ten and six season the year before. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. the, it wasn't like the, all of a sudden. I mean, this was kind of. All of a sudden, it was a two and fourteen year. And did you guys ever feel like you were overmatched, or did you just? It was just like I said, kind of snake bit. Like I said, we never felt felt like we were overmatched. We're in every game, but but we just it it would always seem at the end of the game we would find a way to lose the game, and then we like I said, we got into a rut where, you know, and, and I hate to say this, but you know, it was fourth quarter. Uh, I think it gets the Buffalo Bills. I don't know. I think we're in Buffalo or whatever. And um, I, they, they won the game at the end of the game with a Hail Mary pass or something like that. But before they threw the Hail Mary pass, uh, you know, I'm sitting on the sidelines and, you know, guys are talking, you know, okay, how are we going to lose this game? And that's how, that's how our mindset mm. was. Because uh-huh. we're losing so much, we could not we could never win. We could never put it together. And sure enough, uh, they threw the Hail Mary and they beat us in that game as well. I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second. You're a rookie. You're not a wide-eyed rookie. Second-round pick. Your talent, you know what that is, and you believe in yourself, and you're here in the NFL. But when you're a rookie, and we mentioned a lot of these names that are on that team, is there a particular player, Tony, that you saw that really impressed you and why? Um, number one, I mean, there were a lot, you know, I, I could, I could call out a lot of guys, Steve Brogan, Stanley Morgan, but the, the number one guy was, uh, John Hanna. Um, you know, uh, I got the opportunity to, to start as a rookie, um, you know, uh, uh Horace Ivory gets hurt and, uh, Vegas Ferguson gets hurt and, and I get the opportunity to play in the first game because the Baltimore Colts and, and, um, just watching and, and running behind John Hanna. Oh uh, man, it was it was a it was a thing of beauty. I think I uh, <laughs> almost had a thousand yards that year. Um, got rookie of the year for New England, and, and it was just a pleasure, man. But the the the, the intensity, not only during the game, but the intensity uh, at practice with him, and that's what one of the things that I kind of picked up from him that he was he was going all out in practice, and and that's one of the things that I kind of picked up from him with that, where you know you know you know. 
as far as how how well he practiced and and being being there and being behind him and watching him work hard and and it, and it, it, and it kind of rubs off on you. And as a rookie, man, it was like for me, um, you know, you see all these guys, you know, coming up. At, you know, even you know when John Hanna, he was he was here three or four years before I because I I was watching John Hanna before I got to college, and so. Uh, it was it was fun, man. It was it was a it was a great time for me uh, uh, just as a player, um, individual player, put say, but as a as a team player, you know, we we're losing games, so it, it was kind of frustrating. I'm always curious. So you came in, you know, Vegas Ferguson had set a rookie record the year before for rushing because Sam had sat out that season, uh, held out all season in 1980, and then you came in and you mentioned that Vegas got hurt. But you kind of ended up taking over the lead role all season, and then you set the rookie record for rushing. Was there ever any tension between you and, and, and other running backs based on that? Because the new guy comes in and just kind of takes the lead? You know, absolutely not. Uh, Vegas Ferguson was a good guy, a great running back. I, you know, one of the things that, you know, some of the things that I um, I talk- just got drafted the year before I got drafted. He was, the, he was their guy. The first you round know, pick? I, yeah. <laughs> and so they they really just got drafted the year before I got drafted. He was the he was their guy. The first and round I, pick. Yeah. <laughs> and so they they really draft and so they they really drafted me to return kicks. I you know, I did I did some kickoff returns in college. And so they really drafted me to return kicks. Uh, it was my number one thing. So I, at the beginning of the season, I was starting and returning kicks at the same time. And so but the, my mindset was, you know, you know, my my coming into training camp, you know, uh, Vegas Ferguson's the number one pick. I mean, was the number one back. Horace Ivy was the number two back and, and I was the number three back. But I had a mindset, man, that, you know, I, you know, I, I watch these guys practice during training camp and I'm saying, you know, these guys aren't better than me. I mean, I, I can I'm just as good as these guys. So one of my main thing was, you know, I wanted to learn to learn the playbook. Learn the playbook. Don't make mistakes. And when I get the opportunity to play, uh, you know, don't make any mistakes. And you just, you just, just do your best. And it, it came down for me. Well, and I'm believing, and I'm working hard. One of the things that I, I did my my rookie season, I was, you know, watching John Hanna in the beginning, uh, and just going off of him. You know, I was the first one on the field, last one off the field. Uh, first one in the weight room, last one out of the weight room. And one of the things that I did, man, I said, you know, you know, you know. During training camp, you know the guys would go down to the to the little bar in uh, in Rhode Island and, and, and parentheses, you know, yeah, <laughs> at Bryant College, <laughs> Bryant College, that's it. And so, but I was stay in my room, learn that playbook, man. I had to get that playbook down because I didn't want to make any mistakes, and so I wanted to be mentally prepared as well as physically prepared. And uh, the opportunity came, and it's just like you know, I, I, you know, you don't wish anybody to get hurt. But, you know, I know what my opportunity, whenever I got a chance to, to practice or a chance to play, I couldn't make any mistakes. And fortunately for me, you know, Horace Ivory goes down the second week of training camp and then Vegas goes down the last week of training camp. And so I really I'm the only healthy, healthy running back. I think it was me and Andy Johnson uh, uh, at back then. And so they I got I got the start and man, I just kept it the whole year. I mean, that rookie year, you um, were the clear leader in rushing attempts your rookie season. But there was a little bit of a running back by committee feel with Ferguson and Sam Ben mm-hmm. and Donnie Calhoun. And so then a coaching change comes about after your rookie year. And here comes Ron Meyer, fresh out of SMU. <laughs> and, um, and then to be coupled with that 
is a strike. Yeah. And um, but did you get a sense, as crazy as that second year was, Tony, that things were being, um, you know, that it, it was becoming more of you, your position at running back, that you were going to be the number one back as you entered into your second year? How did you look at it going into your second year? Into my, going into my second year, man, I, you know, I, I, I had already made up in my mind that you know, I was going to be the man. You know, I, you know, I'm not going to give my position up. I worked my butt off during the offseason. Uh, and, and once the training camp started, I was ready. I mean, I, I, I want to be that guy. And um, I can't remember what happened with Horace or what happened with Vegas. But, you know, my second my second year, um, I think Robert Weathers came in. and He did very well. And uh, a couple of running backs came in. And before you know it, Vegas was gone and Horace Irie was gone. And, you know, and, I, and I'm the guy now. And, you know, and like I said before, it, it was really just understanding, you know, the playbook and understanding, you know, what I had to do to be prepared. And, you know, you know, you, they talk about you talk about the, the football game and, and, you know, the off season. you know, really the, your off season is 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 a, is a month and, and maybe January and February. And that's 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 all the, 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 the months we took off back then. And I'm pretty sure the guys are working all year round now. But uh there is no off season, you know. You, if you wanted to be one of the best best players uh, in the NFL, you you had to work year round and get your body right for for training camp. And and that obviously was a nine game season. Um, you guys ended up being in the playoffs that year. They kind of tweaked the format a little bit. Yeah. And did did that feel like a taste of playoff football for you? You guys went to Miami the playoffs obviously so it was a division opponent but you know did, did it actually feel like a playoff atmosphere uh, you know you know with playing the nine games you know you just it, it it did but it didn't because you know you 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 didn't play the whole season and you didn't know what you know what the outcome was going to be or, or or how everybody was going to go with it but uh I, you know as a football player you know you're playing the game so you know you you, you play to win uh in you know, we we had the tools, we had we had what we wanted, but there was there was just some things missing uh, in it. And um, you know, Ron Myers was a great coach. I got to give it to him. But you know, he was a college coach, and you know, you you got you got guys like Stanley Morgan and, and John Hanna and Pete Brock and, and and you know Steve Nelson. You know, they they're they're not really kind of used to that college atmosphere and then you rah 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 go get them go get them thing. And uh, I think that's that's one of the things that kind of hurt Ron uh, when he was here, um, because you know, you know, it, it, it's, it's, there's a big difference in coaching college kids, and there's a big difference in coaches grown coaching grown, grown men. You're listening to the Pats from the Past podcast, uh, presented by Hoop at WB Mason. WB Mason delivers all of your business essentials for free with no minimum order. Break room, furniture, facilities, maintenance, office supplies, and so much more. For the fastest delivery of business products, nobody does it better than who but W.B. Mason. And so, Tony, um, after that strike season and, and you get a real sense of what business is like in the NFL, here we go in 1983. And um, to help maybe remind Patriot fans, personally, that was your best year. A Pro Bowl mm-hmm. season, um, still the franchise um, record holder. For uh, single for yards in a single game, how would you look at that 1983 season, Tony? Uh, as 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 individual individually, it was great. But as a team, you know, we still didn't you know reach the the, 
point where we won it. We didn't make the playoffs. We, uh, I, I can't even remember what. I don't know if we were even eight and eight that eight year. Eight and eight, yes, what you were, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but it, it wasn't a sense of of of, of success uh, as a team, and, and but as an individual, you know, making it to the Pro Bowl is one of the things that you know every every player wants to to experience and, and to achieve. And I got that opportunity to do that. And you know, I, I got to give it to my offensive line. I was running behind John Hanna and Brian Holloway, and, uh, Ron Wooten. You know, it, it, these guys, Pete Rock. These guys were some good. Some good. Uh, I had a good line in front of me, and mostly the two pool was 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 there blocking. And um, it, it was a great time for me that that year individually. So okay, so let's talk about the 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 game where you went for 100, 212 yards, September eighteenth, nineteen eighty three <laughs> against the Jets. Twenty three carries, two hundred and twelve yards, three touchdowns. You had six carries of of ten plus yards. Five of those went for twenty plus yards. What was it just like the the red seeds opening up? <laughs> you know, it's one of those days like you know the basketball players say when you when they're shooting and the rims the rim looks like it's just uh, twelve inches wide or something like that. Um, I, I, every hole was just huge, man, uh, during that game, and um, everything just clicked. You know, you 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 always you know you visualize you visualize. Of something like that, you you visualize you going through the hole and rushing for touchdowns after touchdowns, and that's something that it was a special day for me uh, uh, that day. I, you know, I, I tell the story when I, I do. I used to do a lot of talking. You know, I said I, you know I still hold the record, 212 yards for the Patriots, and it's over almost over. Well, it's over, it was it's over 30 years now. And I said as long as Tom Brady is there. I'm not even worried about my my, my my record being broken, but Tom Brady's gone now, so so now you got to be worried. worried. <laughs> well, so not opportunity to break my record now. So not to make you feel old, but it's actually 36 years, Tony. Wow, yeah, 36, 36 years. years and if you think about where the franchise was when you did that in 1983, and where the franchise is today, it's got to surprise you. Guys like Curtis Martin who is in yeah. the Pro Football Hall of Fame, um, you know, that record still stands. That's got to make you feel pretty proud, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. It does. It really does. You know, uh, I'm re- really proud of that because there, there were some great backs that come out of there, uh, out of New England, and there are probably going to be some more good backs coming. They got a good one right now. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it, feel good. it feels good to hold a record like that. And, you know, like I said, the records are meant, meant to be broken. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it being broken now. You know, I, I think I've, I've held it long enough. But, uh, and so I would love to see somebody else break it and, and, and take that ring from me. So, so 1984 rolls in, and that's kind of a, a strange season. But probably at that point in, 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 our, in our team history, maybe not so strange. Maybe just par for the course. But you guys go nine and seven. Um, Ron Meyer gets fired halfway through the season after firing Rod Rust. Raymond Berry gets hired. He's not even working in football at the time. He brings Rod Rust back and goes four and four. And you had a quote. I'm gonna. I'm, I, you can tell me if this is accurate. I read this quote. Okay. Raymond Raymond Berry earned more respect in one day than Ron Meyer earned in three years. I said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true, man. You know, um, and and not t- taking anything from Ron Myers. I, I, Ron oh, Myers oh, hold on, Tony. So I'll just give you a quick Ron Myers story, and you know, may he rest in peace. <laughs> right. Obviously, let's remind everybody. Uh, that may Ron he rest in peace. Yep. Uh, yeah, but when yeah. I was doing radio in Providence, 
we used to have him on. He was working for like a gambling site and would have him on every week to talk about football. And I, I don't know what it was. I think it was like, I don't know whether uh, it was something to do with Billy Sullivan. And he said, yeah. he said to me, oh yeah, I lined up to piss on that guy's grave. <laughs> I was like, damn, coach, jeez. So I don't think we need to worry about offending him in heaven. So go ahead. But, uh, you know, um, Raymond Berry is is a Hall of Famer. He's played the game um, uh, with the best. And uh, when he came in, man, he just, you know, it was like, okay, this is the Raymond Berry that 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 has done what we, what we want what we want to do as as individuals. And um, the way he the way he helped he went he went about practice. It was totally different. Um, when he came in, um, he had he helped practice in a different way than than I've ever seen it. You know, he had offensive linemen catching passes. He had offensive linemen uh, picking up fumbles. You know, uh, everybody had to everybody had to learn how to to, to recover a fumble. Um, uh, that I think that year we we led the the the, the NFL. Uh, in turnovers or something like that. Now we're we're, we're up there very, very high, but it, it was the way he went about himself and the way he he went about w- the way we went about practice, and we started believing that we could win, and and that's what it all that's when it all turned around, man. We we actually started believing that that we could win. The other thing that happened that year was Craig James came into the mix, mm-hmm. and you know he was Ron Meyer's guy from college, right? So. And he kind of took over. Your, you you saw your carries go way down. What was yeah. that like for you? I mean, it, it was it was kind of frustrating, but at the same time, you know, you know, I'm a team player, so you know, I understand. And I don't know if people knew this, but Craig James Craig James was the fullback, and I was the halfback. Can you believe he's listed as a fullback? I was when we were looking yeah. into this. I said, yeah. I said that's got to be a typo. And then I looked into it more. Craig James is a fullback. That's I mean I never would have labeled right, him that way. Right. He certainly the, wasn't the, a lead blocker. Right. And see that's that's the way Ron Myers because Ron I'm not I'm sorry. Uh Raymond Barry. He wanted he wanted me and Craig on the field at the same time. Good coaching. And so yeah. And so but the problem was that Craig couldn't block. <laughs> and so <laughs> true story. And so um he he was at the fullback position and I was at the running back position, but I could block. And so he would he would get most of the carries. Now Craig is a good uh, it's a good football player. He's a good runner, uh, but he just couldn't. He, he wasn't he wasn't that blocking back. And and um, but uh, Coach Barry wanted us both on uh, the field at the same time. So uh, he moved Craig to fullback, and I and I played the running back position, and I didn't get a lot of carries because he couldn't block. <laughs> but but, but, but you, at the same. But, but at the same time, what 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 I what I I took a role of catching the ball out of the backfield. I think I think I caught about sixty three passes that year, or something like that. I'm not sure. I think it was in the sixties or something like that. But uh, fifty two and eighty five. So, yeah, and yeah. so my role my role was is to block, catch passes, run when when they get give me the ball, and 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 I and, and, I, and I, I didn't I didn't mind that because you know I want to win. I wanted to make it to the Super Bowl. But when you were saying that Craig couldn't block Tony, I think all your teammates and astute fans knew you could block. Earned your nickname. Right. What was what was your nickname, Tony? Uh, they called me the Blade. <laughs> because I you could cut, cut, cut down, block. 
I would cut him down. I, I, I had a great time. I know we were playing against the Jets one day, and uh, uh, I, I was blocking. You know, one of the uh, uh, one of the plays when they would toss the ball to Craig uh, in the fullback position, and and my man was Mark Casano. He was the guy I had to block, Mark Gasano. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hit Mark Gasano eye. I'm gonna cut Mark Gasano, and and man, I was cutting him. Uh, that's when I got the name the blade uh, after that because you know we 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 ran the we we showed the uh, the practice uh, at the not the practice but the film at uh, after the game and I must have blocked him about six or seven cut him about six or seven times that day. Was that he pissed? He was he was pretty pissed at me. Yeah, he really, <laughs> he really was. And, and and every time and every time I, I would cut him, I said, man, I had to go low on me because you're so big. I, I kept trying to. Be friendly with him. You know what I mean? Well, he might, and I, I heard that he got pretty cautious because you know he knew you were coming low, and so he had to be, be he had to be mindful of that. There was there was one play, man. It was so funny where uh, I'm I'm it's, it's like maybe in the fourth quarter, and and uh, I'm I'm getting ready to cut him again, and and I fake like I'm gonna cut him, and I don't cut him, and he just backs up and he wallows out, and he just takes himself all out of the play. Uh, as a football player, you have to see it, and you know when you when you see that on film, it's like this guy does not want to be cut no more for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? So, so, so Tony, you talked about you know how you gained you as a team gained so much confidence with Raymond as you were winding out that '84 year. In '85, how did that how did that feel as you guys started training camp and you started the '85 season? Could you feel that confidence? building oh, even more so oh absolutely man we 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 didn't know you know you know one of the things that that raymond taught us was you know believe in yourself work hard and, you know when you get on the field you know give 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 everything you got and that's something that we just we just took it on the field but the, the confidence that we had um i'm not really sure uh how many games we ran we won in a row that year but we we were confident and, and i think we were confident because of uh because of what we knew we had, we had we had some great talent. I think we drafted Urban Fryer that year, and you know we had you know Stanley Morgan, you know Lynn Dawson at a tight end, we, and we we were just stacked all over, man. We Andre Tippett on one end, Don Blackman at the other end, yeah, uh, Raymond Claiborne, Ryan Lippett, Roland James on defense, Fred Marion. We 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 had a great team, and we just had to put it all together. And so we were really confident, but more confident, I think the the more thing, the more confident because of who Raymond Barry was and the way he the way he was teaching us and teaching us to win. You know, they always say like when there's a quarterback controversy on a roster, if you, if you have if you have two quarterbacks, you have none, kind of thing. But you guys <laughs> you guys used both Tony Eason. And Steve Grogan that year, mm-hmm. um, you know, both suffered injuries at different points in that season, and still were able to go eleven and five, make the playoffs, and and become the first team to win three road playoff games to reach a Super Bowl. Can you talk about your perspective of the Eason Grogan dynamic? I mean, you know, Steve Grogan was my guy. I, you know, that's you know, I, I'm just you know, I'm I'm. I, I like Tony Easton. I haven't seen him in years now, so I don't know even what he's doing right now. But um, Steve Rogan was my guy. I mean, he was the guy who I looked at as a as a leader. Uh, don't get me wrong, Tony was a, a great player. He he did well. He, he, you know, it's you know one of the things that 
I, I had to say about Tony when he got into a, a kind of a, a, a tough game, you know, he would kind of kind of shy away a little bit. And you, uh, you, you definitely wasn't going to get that from Steve Grogan. But uh, one, one thing great about Steve Grogan, man, that, you know, I, I really found out that, you know, a lot of guys thought that he, he, he was our guy. And but, you know, Tony Easton did some things, you know, when Steve went down, Tony came in and he played well. Uh, and um, but uh, Steve never you never you never see you never seen Steve pout about anything. or He would always be trying to help Tony in any way he could. Uh, when Tony was, was starting and Steve, and Steve was the backup. And that's one thing that I admired about uh, about that with Steve. But, but you know, Steve was my guy. I mean, it's, it's really unbelievable on a team that had that kind of a year that won those games on the road, that had to win those games on the road in order to get to the franchise's first Super Bowl. A quarterback controversy can tear a team apart. It's done it, you know, countless times in the history of the NFL. But it didn't with you guys. And to the point that um, this play I'll always remember as, as watching um, is Easton finding you um, at the Orange Bowl in the AFC Championship game. That mm-hmm. touchdown gave you guys a lead, and you never looked back in that game. I mean, to me, that that was just good time of him waiting and waiting and waiting and finding you and hitting you, and that got, put you guys in the lead, and you never relinquished the lead. Yeah, and, and, and you know, like I said uh, – Tony was a good, a good player, man. You know, if you you if he he had his confidence going and and everything was going well for him, you know, he was gonna get the ball to you. And and like I say, it, it was at that at that point, uh, you know, making the playoffs and and everything was just kind of clicking our way. I think one of the biggest things that 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 people and I'm pretty sure everybody knows that our defense was 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 crazy crazy good that year. We, uh, I think, we led the NFL in, in turnovers, and, and you know, we would, we would always. We, I mean, we we went into games thinking that we were going to get turnovers. As a as an offensive player, I'm waiting on the sidelines. I mean, we, you know, thinking we're going to get a fumble or, or interception or something. That's and that's how we're thinking. And I think that was the and that that had to do a lot with Coach Barry, man. Uh, Coach Barry was, you know, he 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 did a lot of different drills, but at the same time, he would talk to you in a way to let you know. What to expect and what you should what you should expect, and that that was one of the biggest things that I took from Coach Barry was the 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 mindset of the game and how you got to get your mind thinking that you can win, thinking that you can beat that guy across from you, thinking that you know this is how this this play is gonna go, and and this, you know you 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 do what you're, you 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 got your steps, you do your steps, you do what you're supposed to do, and one of the things that and I, I I I admire about Coach Coach Barry is. You know, you never see him get upset. You never see him him lose it. You never see him. Uh, he, I, I don't. I, I never see. I never even heard him yell at any time, unless he's just yelling for for fun or any something like that. Never seen him yell at a guy. Always come up to you and tell you what what you need to hear and uh, and get back in there. You know, he didn't baby us at all, but he he he, he showed us and he taught us how to win. So Tony, you guys obviously break that. 18-game losing streak at the Orange Bowl. You go to the Super Bowl, and we all know what happened there. But And, and as a fan, you know, we were all hyped up. I had my Barry the Bear shirt on. Um, and then after the Super Bowl, that big story breaks in the Globe about a drug scandal. And as a fan, we were like, oh, here we go again. Mm. This is just typical Patriots, right? 
So you were involved in that. You've since written a book called Broken Road, Turning My Mess into a Message. Can you kind of take us back into kind of how that all transpired and what it was like in the 1980s that, because it wasn't just the Patriots that had these problems. What was it like, you know, in the 80s? What was that culture? And then how did it kind of uh, bubble up here in New England? Well, I can I can tell you my experience and my experience, you know, like I said, my rookie season when I came in and and, and, uh, and I took Vegas Ferguson's job and, and Horace Ivory was a backup and he got hurt and Vegas got hurt. And then I got the opportunity to play my my fourth season uh, in the league. Uh, beginning of the season, I um I got uh, crack ribs, and I don't know if you guys ever had crack ribs before. It's something really painful. People say it's and one so, of the most painful things that you could ever experience, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And so, here's my predicament right now. So I got the opportunity, so I can either sit down doing uh, doing training camp. You know, Robert Weathers was there. We had a couple other backs that were there. You know, these guys are hungry and ready to go. Uh, so I can either rest up my ribs or take painkillers. Those are my choices, you know, to stay to stay on the field. So I, I chose painkillers because I wanted to stay on the field. You know, I'm a team player. I want to win. I want to play. And so I, I started taking painkillers in 84. And uh, I got addicted to painkillers. I, I, you know, I, I was taking painkillers that, that whole year because my, my ribs really never, really never healed up. Uh, because, you know, if I got hit in my ribs, because I would I would take cortisone shots before the game and cortisone shots at, at halftime uh, along with the painkillers. So, you know, during the game, you know, if I get hit, I don't even feel it <laughs> until after the game. And so uh, got got what that with the painkillers, man. And, and it just let the other things uh, you know, let the marijuana because, you know, I was that type of kid coming up as a as a kid, my mom and dad, we, we went to church, man. I, every Sunday, I, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do anything, man. And until 1984. And so, um, um, it, it was, it, it was for me, it was, it was like, you know, the pain, you know, the painkillers were something that they would just give us, you know, everybody was doing it. Everybody was taking painkillers because everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to stay on the field. You know, you, you 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 get you get your bell ring. They they give you the smelling sauce. You get back in the game. Yeah, you got a concussion, but you know you're still playing. And that's how it was back then. You know, everybody's taking painkillers. Everybody's doing this. They're doing that. Well, I got so addicted to painkillers, where I had to start smoking marijuana because I was getting sick off the painkillers. And so um, that that led to that. And and you know you know it's it's just a, a fact where where everybody was doing it. And, and you know, I'm not saying that's an excuse, but that's that's the that's the way I got into it. But one of the things that I, I tell kids all all the time, you know, I, I truly believe that the experience that I had um, going through those different things that I went through, uh, that I can help somebody else. And that's why I wrote the book to you know to help to help encourage kids, you know, not to not to start with the painkillers, not to do this, not to go down this road. I went down the road. I show you how show you how bad it was. And so you don't have to go that route. And, and I really wrote it for that. But fortunately for me, and it was great that other people really loved the book. And, uh, and so a lot of people got the book. And you know, I'm doing a lot of great things with that now. 
uh, as far as schools, getting schools to get the, also get the book as well. So Tony, that, that path that you went down, um, ultimately led to the end of your football playing career. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment in time or can you remember something? Is it, uh, crystallized in your mind where you hit what you would, um, maybe describe as a low moment that said, I got to stop this now. I got to turn my life around. Do you remember when that was? Uh, that, that, that wasn't until, till after, you know, after, you know, I, I think I, I just want, want to tell you guys this, how, how crazy life could be. And, and I talk about choices all the time, you know, making good choices. One of the things that I, I, I talk about was the right choice. You know, sometimes you, you think it's the right choice, but it's not the right choice. I thought it was the right choice for me to, to take those painkillers to stay on the field. I thought that was the right choice and it wasn't, wasn't the right choice. It was the wrong choice. And so, um, you know, things happened in New England and they, re- they actually released me. And so I got released. I got picked up by the Indianapolis coach. Ron Myers was there. Ron Myers picks me up and I go to Indianapolis and, um, man, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm playing well. I'm in the backfield with Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson was on the team at the time. And, and, uh, you know, first one on the field, last one off the field, first one in the weight room, last one out of the weight room. Uh, and this is 1987, 1988 season. And so, um, Everything's going great, man. I'm doing, I'm doing fantastic. You know, I'm, you know, taking my drug test every, 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 every day. Every day they're, they're drug testing me, and so I'm taking my drug test every day. And and I, and about the third week of training camp, I go to a party. You know, just a, a little, a little house party. Um, you know, you know, just drinking, they're drinking beer and stuff. I'm not even, I'm not even drinking. I'm just there, but. I knew at this little house party that there was going to be some marijuana smoking going on, but you know, I'm not going to smoke marijuana because I got to take a drug test the very next morning. I know I can't do anything. So I get to the party. Sure enough, they're smoking marijuana, doing whatever, but I'm chilling. I'm, I'm good. And so the very next day, you know, I wake up, go take my drug test and go out and practice, have another great practice. And the very next day, Ron Myers calls me into his office and he says, you know, we got a little problem. Uh, you've been tested for the third time for marijuana. And I was like, man, you know, I, I didn't didn't even do any marijuana. But then I, re- then I re- remember I'm in the room with marijuana smoking. So I, I get I get caught for secondhand smoke by going to that party and I get suspended for a whole entire year because I made a choice to go to a party. Now, if I would have stayed home, stayed in my dorm and not go to that party, you know, I probably, I probably wouldn't have been suspended for that whole entire year. Uh, but I made that choice to go to that party and, and it, and it, and it kind of like put me uh, in a, in a place where, um, football was taken away from me. And that was probably the more, one of the most saddest things, uh, that I had to go through in my life. And it, it was really, it was a really dark place for me then. Um, uh, man, that, sometimes I don't even like thinking about it, but um, it was a choice that I made. And, and that's one of the things that I talk about in my book. I talk about to kids all the time. Uh, you you got to make good choices. So, Tony, who, who would you say ended up being your biggest support system as you try to um, recover from addiction? Well, I, I, I'll tell you this. I, I went through... I went through after I got out of, uh, got out of league in '90. I, I came back. I got reinstated. I played my last. I played my last season with the Dolphins, and and um, it's still just. I, I felt I felt like a failure, man. I really did. I felt I felt that I let my family down. 
um, that I, I know I could have had a longer career. I know I could have played longer. I know I could have been more productive as a father um, and as a husband. And I wasn't. And, and, and I, I went to a dark place for about 18 years, man. Um, so in night, I think in 2005, 2000, 2006, I think it was, I'm not sure the, the exact time, I, I met this woman over the phone. <laughs> And I'm in Miami, and she's she's in San San Antonio, Texas, and uh, uh, you got to read the book, man. You got to read the book, and, and and that was that was my 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 support system. She kind of changed my life. She changed my way of thinking, and 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 when I always think about that, I always think about Coach Barry as well. Um, um, when Coach Barry came in, he changed our way of thinking, and when I met my wife, who is my wife today. Um, she changed my way of thinking because I was this negative guy for for all these years, and uh, you know, you're just thinking that it was kind of really living through my son. My son was going off to the University of Pittsburgh to play football, and kind of living through him, making sure he doesn't make mistakes like I made, and, and uh, just not really living, just existing. And um, she came into my life, and, and she changed my way of thinking, man. And and that's that's I really owe her a lot. I, I, I really think that, you know, God looked down on me and blessed me with this beautiful woman. And she made me feel like I'm this special guy. And and, and, uh, and I've been with her ever since, man. And life is fantastic. I got the opportunity to wrote, write a book, started a foundation, and started speaking all over the country. And man, life is great, man. I can't I can't complain about anything. I'm in Louisiana right now. <laughs> Just having a great time, man. Everything is fantastic. Well, that sounds awesome, Tony. Um, and I guess I would ask you this: you know, you've got um, you have perspective in your life, is what it sounds like, and maybe mm-hmm. your wife has helped give you perspective. But I guess I'd want to ask you: um, is what kind of joy do you receive in seeing young people, being able to talk to one people, and the ability maybe to even if you just affect one kid when wherever it is that you're going. That um, that he gets the fact that I need to make good choices, as you talk about. How much joy do you get out of the, uh, do you get out of that, Tony? That's 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 what I live for, man. If you if you ever get a chance to read my book, man, you you should check into that because you know I, I went through some things and, and I, I truly believe God allowed me to go through some some things where I really shouldn't be here today. I really should be dead, um, and I'm not dead, and so my perspective was, okay, why am I still alive? And there's other people that, you know, done some of the things that I've done or even not even as worse as I've done and they're not here anymore. Why am I still alive? And I had to understand that, that, that I have a purpose. It wasn't just to play football. You know, football was was part of my purpose, but my purpose now as a human being, as a, as a man, is to, to tell my story, to let kids know, to understand, you know, this is this is the road that I went down, and and so I'm I'm here now, so I can tell you not to go this way. And uh, I I've, uh, we we've had a great time with the foundation where we help uh, high school, uh, not just players, but high school students go off to college. We we give out scholarships, and we you know we we're not not at the level as as uh, LeBron James or anything like that, but we do as as much as we can to help these kids understanding that you know going off to college is 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 the is the first step that you guys need to go get an education, 
work hard and, and, and you know, have, have those have those morals where, you, you know, you, you, you're trying to help somebody. And one of the things that we, we teach kids is it's all about helping. You want to you want to love you want to love love people. You want to help people because it's going to all come back to you, uh, whether you believe it or not, man. When you give, you're going to always receive. And I, I truly believe that's a law. That's what I, I was brought up as a Christian. Uh, my mom and dad taught me that. And some of the things that that I've learned as a man and as a football player, when you work hard, you're gonna get rewarded when you when you give you're gonna receive and when you love you're gonna you're gonna get love back and 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 that's the thing that you know I, I I'm really proud of seeing you know my kids you know I have a big big family I have a uh, you know we have like eight kids uh, between my my wife and myself and uh, about eleven grandkids now and, uh, and and just teaching them the same things but like I said it's so it's so rewarding to see and everybody's not going to get it and I know that everybody's not going to get it but when I get that call one of the things that I, that I do with my wife is always gets on me to tell me to stop doing I I would when I would go speak to, to schools I would give these kids my phone number and she said you know and I would, and I would be getting all these calls but, but you know I, you know I, I want to help man I just want to help kids and uh, and I would give kids my phone number and we talk and uh, you know whenever I you know you get this kid that you know you know afraid to go to his mom and dad or something for some reason he's gonna come to me and and if the situation is to a point where i know you know i gotta i gotta tell your mom and dad this and we gotta do this and so you know it, it's just a great feeling to to see a kid um turn his life around and and, and be successful and we have a lot of kids now we've been doing I've, we've been doing our tournament now for about for about 12 years and you know, see kids growing up and having kids, and they come back to you and thank you, and, and it's 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 more rewarding than, than scoring any touchdown. Believe me, that's that's incredible. It sounds like you're having an awesome impact. I have I have one final question. It's I'm going to go back to football here for a second, because I feel like as I look at today's game, and particularly the Patriots and the offense they run here, that you would still very much fit because you could block, you could catch out of the backfield, and you were a good runner. So I guess my question is, do you feel like you would still be uh, a, a great running back in today's game? And maybe who would you compare yourself to in today's game as a player? Wow, man, there's a lot of great players, man. But uh, I, I feel that I, I would I would love to play now the, the way um, you, you can't get hit as hard as <laughs> we play. I would love to play now, man. Those guys got it made, man. But uh, yeah, I think I would fit pretty good coming out of the backfield and, and you know being able to do some of the things that I would do. And you know, I, I'm I'm thinking about somebody that 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 that's playing now. And I, I remember, uh, God, I can't even think of my man's name. He, the, he wrote number thirty-three for the Patriots. Was he's in the Patriots Hall of Fame? What's this guy's name? Kevin Falk. Kevin Falk. When Kevin Falk was playing, man, I used to root for him so bad. Um, uh, That's a good know, comparison. That's an interesting comparison. Yeah, Don't you say, yeah, Brian? Yeah, he he wore he wore the same number as me, and uh, great guy too. I got an opportunity to meet him and talk to him a lot. Uh, he's coaching down in LSU now, and and uh, but uh, I I think really just seeing him doing the things that he did, and you know, you, you, there, I can't really put my finger on some of the guys that are that are in it, but there's a lot of great running backs that are playing the game right now, man, and. And uh, th- like I said, man, they got it made in the shade, man. They can't get hit in the head no more. <laughs> but, 
we used to get knocked out, man. I must have been knocked out about four or five times uh, uh, during my career. That's great, Tony. Well, our guest has been uh, former Patriots running back Tony Collins. Um, I'll tell you what, football fans and Patriot fans out there, I'm going to make a recommendation to you that Tony said for himself about a couple times. The name of the book is Broken Road, Turning My Mess into a Message. And you want to read a good inspirational story about a guy who's turned his life around? Let me tell you, you should read that book. Tony, thank you for joining us today, and um, all the best. Be well. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great one. Thanks, too. Thanks, Tony. Stay safe. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.